0: Leading through the rhetoric in search of the truth. This is Global Top Talkers with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Radio. Radio.
1: Andy Stinton already talking a mile a minute. As my mother would say, don't you ever shut up. No. Oh. Good to have you here, sir. Thanks. What are you, you doing? I'm straightening my mic. <laughs> Isn't oh, you silence an
2: occupational hazard in this business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs>
1: and that is Jamie Ellerton.
0: She has a high-vis best vest on and that little hot hat. She looks so cute, doesn't she?
1: Are you done? No. Okay.
2: I learned a lot about Christmas toys prior to the intro here. I, we did. We got yes. through
1: all of that. Well, like I'm, I think everybody here is probably doing triple tasking now, trying to get everything together. And when I'm on the show, I got cards to write and gifts. I got stuff to do.
0: But you didn't have to tell us about the animal that that pushes out slime. You would really do. I
1: well, we shouldn't talk about anything. Yes, on it that's right. I don't know who's listening. That's true. <laughs> By the way, I have I have learned now that my son is like five and a half. Santa Claus wields unbelievable power. It's unbelievable what you can, as a parent, <laughs> do.
2: What have you done? Now the real question oh, is, no, not what will I've he done. be leaving cookies and carrots and milk, or does Santa get an upgrade? Is yeah, no, he, he like an iPhone or something? Oh, no, he,
1: he's got it all down, but he really believes now, and I'm just saying. like when I say him? When I say Santa's watching, it's like, oh, he falls right into line. It's just I'm just saying it's a terrific feature of the year.
0: I think that will cause psychological problems when oh, he goes shush. all those. Oh, shush. Don't My be. mother used to threaten me with an evil spirit.
1: I bet she did. <laughs> and it stayed, apparently. <laughs> we can never quite exercise that out of you. All right, let's talk about what happened today because the legislature was uh, busy uh, as lawmakers put forward uh, legislation that would uh, stop 6,000 workers at Ontario Power Generation. And the NDP has decided that they're going to fight this thing, calling it, you know, alarmist and wrong. I'll start with you on this, Andy, because I know power is an issue you actually do talk about. We're talking about people losing power over the holidays. I'm not sure this is the hill that the NDP want to die on.
0: I say this every week, and I swear when I drive in here. I will not say this every week, but this is a new kind of stupid. <laughs>
1: <For whom? laughs> and it's, it's like they just
0: get stupider. So what they're doing, because I'm I'm kind of dumb too. So what she's proposing is kind of. a political platform. <laughs> I heard that is that she protests against them stopping people cutting the power off. That makes no sense. It, it makes no sense to me. I don't see any political advantage in it, except maybe she gets. A, a, bit a, a bit of media time for being incredibly dumb.
1: I mean, it really, I mean, look, it's one thing to support your mail workers. I can live without a piece of mail, but you can't live without power and and hydro at this time of year, Jamie. It's just not, you can't call a party that, that, that goes on this a serious party.
2: Yeah, I think you're not going to find people opposing legislating power workers back to work when OPG workers essentially literally power 51% of the grid and the technical nature of wind down and contingency plans would be able to ramp back up. It's like hugely complicated. But what I think this actually signals kind of a broader trend here is just like how out to lunch organized labor and unions are in terms of their stature of public support. We've seen Jerry Dias essentially like apoplectically like lose his head screaming at GM to bring the jobs back. And we're even criticizing the story last week when GM's now actually working with Hydro One and other large employers in Durham region to start now to work on those retraining kind of stuff. And I think organized labor needs to A... Up their game. The The tired 1980s, 1970s, 1990s playbook is dead. It doesn't work. Uh, and but look at. They have pick what, their
1: battles. This is not the hill yeah, to they die. They have on. to
2: adapt to the times and how to go about that. And I think otherwise, I do think there is some longer term lingering uh, political liability here for Premier Ford. If you look at the constant. Trend that's coming forth—it's all back to work and it's quick hammer. Uh, there is a large portion mm-hmm. of NDP swing voters who are part of that Ford coalition. He always talks. I just about don't see it on this issue. No, I. I you know what? Today, no. But an organized labor, time and time and time again, you're taking away the right of the workers to strike. That's that, that kind of for the people stuff starts well, that, to chafe over yeah, time.
1: Yeah, you're talking about Trudeau stepping into the mail. I mean, that wasn't Ford. Yeah, but that no, you know, Ford you know on it the is? strike.
0: When it's, yeah. when it's an easy subject like my power's getting cut off. <laughs> The average consumer can pretty well figure out which st- side of that they are sitting. There's other more complex things. But that I also on the education too. No,
1: but the education one, he also ordered back to work. Well, that was a, a strike that was you know you're stealing money essentially out of the pockets of students and they're losing their year. I'm sorry, but the as you say. Uh, Jamie, the unions have got to pick in their battles more, and, and I, I think everyday people are sick and tired of it. And, and oh, I definitely st-
0: agree with that. <laughs> but they're feeding Ford because the optics look good. Here he is, a man of the people. They get power, they get back to school, and, and it really, really looks good for him. I mean, I also think the Power Workers Union... And they can shut it down. I mean, there's the nuclear reactors, which are one thing, but the moment they decide they can, it's gas power now, basically. Oh, that can
2: ramp up and down pretty much in hours.
0: Instantly. It's the rea- nuclear reactors that they've got to, and the parliament's not in, so there goes our wind power. So that's the end of that.
1: Yeah, like that does anything. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Ron Tavner because uh, he has uh, torn up the resignation he gave to Toronto police and asked that his swearing in at the uh, top cop job be. Put off. He had actually asked for this to be postponed for an investigation, but now he's stepping aside. He's gone back to his job in Toronto uh, until the investigation is done. First, I want to say that it was the right thing for Mr. Taverner to do. uh, To uh, step aside from this uh, appointment, at least uh, until the investigations uh, have occurred and we get to the bottom of what's happened. Mr. Ford obviously has not had the integrity uh, to step up to the plate and uh, be honest about what his role has been in all of this. If Mr. Taverner is now looking uh, to have his old job back because he's suspicious uh, or suspecting that his uh, his, uh, appointment will be um, scuttled permanently then that's something that um, that that's a decision that he's made. Look I don't think he had any other choice Jamie but to to you know get the push this aside it was going to be a distraction regardless but can't if he gets cleared should he be able to come back?
2: Uh, if he gets cleared I think he can has the potential to come back and the government can essentially reappoint him uh, but I do think there are serious issues that the OPP commissioner is in the back pocket of the premier and I don't know how you shake that going forward.
0: He can't come. Well, anything can happen. I mean, what's true and what isn't true. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would say there is some machination of Ford being involved. But let's face it, the chief of police, the head of the OPP, that is that's not Bobby, you know, policeman out in the beat. It is a politician. The problem I see with it is that it's the optics of it. Ford looks guilty. This sense of impropriety and government and him controlling the police, that's something else that that Mr. Consumer can
2: understand well, very well. he's going to be investigated. And he's going to be guilty by optics.
1: Well, it, he'll be guilty anyway. It doesn't matter what he does. It, it, it doesn't well, matter. Well,
2: they've changed the requirements for the position after they'd already opened up the call for uh, submissions. Right, so. and
1: it will be investigated, and whatever they find, they will find. Look, I don't think they had any choice other than to have Mr. Taverner step aside for this, uh, but they Visa, you can also agree that there is a whole lot of politics being played here, no you, question.
0: Do you think if I applied, they'd drop the the level of requirements for me so I could be head of the OPP? It,
1: well, what what are you trying to get? Like the
0: I'd get, like to be head of the OPP. The, I could, you know, I, don't, I
1: was I, I can't even make a joke about this. All offense. <laughs> I am like trying I to. I am like, can I say of that no? Like <laughs> their
2: news conferences and uh, <laughs> be much, much more into guy. Big bus <laughs> would improve.
1: Okay, so then Tavner doesn't get in. They're going to have to put someone else in, and again, it will probably be someone that. It is a, a person that Ford likes. I mean, that is what goes with the job of being the premier. I mean, you got uh, uh, Premier uh, McGuinty put in Fantino. He, yeah,
0: he, it, it's the optics of this. He look, Being a very close friend, there's pictures of him on the Internet. They're going here. They're hanging out together. It just looks bad. And whether he had any influence or not, it looks like he's lying. And it, I mean, there's a lot of evidence to say he did have influence, and he is lying, and he's not being honest. And I think that's going to work against yeah,
1: him. Yeah, no, the optics definitely look great. But I will remind you that during Caledonia, whether or not Mr. McGinty and Mr. Fantino were fast friends, he still went to the chief of the OPP and said, "Stand down. Don't do anything with Caledonia." And you didn't have to be best friends. The the chief.
2: Yeah, I would actually argue C- that, that Dalton McGinty Dave actually paid some political consequences yeah, for as that. he should have. Yeah. <laughs> Through the rhetoric, in search of the truth.
0: This is Global Top Talkers with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Radio, radio. We
1: got Jamie Ellerton, Andy Stinton <laughs> chit-chatting away like little class of kids. Hello, guys.
0: He did it first. <laughs> of course, he did.
1: All right, uh, watching the year-end interviews with the prime minister, asked all sorts of questions, and of course he got one about the illegal border crossers uh, and issues facing immigration, which has been a big problem, much of it created by his own government. But he quickly took fire at the conservatives about this. Take a listen.
0: To go after the global compact on migration in a way that is deliberately and knowingly spreading falsehoods to Canadians. Are we doing the best possible job we can of ensuring that our immigration system is being applied fairly and evenly and rigorously? Sure, let's have those debates.
1: But the fear-mongering? The fearmongering, Very dramatic. Look... <laughs>
0: You'd this- really like to be able to do a good impersonation of Trudeau, but you well, can't. Well,
1: how would I do it? Uh, I don't know. Mm, but but but. Mm, uh, mm, oh, oh, uh, No, I can't. Sorry, <laughs> I don't do a good impersonation. <laughs>
0: Sound I mean. like a constipated robot. There. Well,
1: there you go. Um, but nonetheless, this is an issue. I'll start with you, Andy. It was a, a created problem by his government, and so rightfully people are asking questions about what they're going to do about a border crossing where thousands of people have come across, putting a huge burden on immigration. And you know, whatever you know, UN you know acts we sign, of course, when it comes to immigration, people are rightfully going to ask questions.
0: They are fear mongering. I mean, this this UN declaration is not a binding anything. It's, it's like a little Cub Scout have a big hug and mm-hmm. we'll all get together and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she is playing this up like he signed this. What I find amusing, and I would like to see a solution to this from either side, but I don't, as usual, with the Conservatives because he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's in opposition. He's supposed to criticize the government. Right. Except can he come up with a plan? He doesn't he's,
1: have to. No, they no, don't have on. to.
0: I would like to see this country governed.
1: Right, but we're not... I, and, <laughs> and, and
0: the peanut gallery people should have a plan.
1: But they don't have to until the writ drops. And they, the, no, they that's don't a, have no, to. No, no, Andrew but it would Shearer be a nice,
0: responsible ha- legislature, and it would be like responsible political parties and running this country if the opposition would have a friggin' pan. Either keep, otherwise, as far as I'm going keep your well, friggin', friggin mouth shut. They
1: have given um, recommendations, you know, shutting the border point, not sending, setting up a... a Stop there and you know making sure the province uh, of Quebec as well as uh, Ontario are paid. I mean the bottom line is uh, the the Prime Minister himself has created quite a problem and so to criticize it should not mean that everyone's fearmongering.
2: Yeah, his rather uh, Grinch routine in terms of deflecting and just being angry at everyone in his year on interviews, I thought rather curious for somebody who's supposed to be all sunny ways. Here yeah. he is a year before a federal election. He had nothing positive to say about their record, nothing aspirational about what they want to be doing for Canada. And if you listen to pretty much all of his answers, it's essentially the Conservatives are evil. Oh my God, we're t- they're trying to scare you, which actually, he's actually trying to put fear in your mind right. about the Conservatives. So it like, rang hollow to me.
1: It did, because you want the solutions. What I would like to hear the solution from is the guy running the show.
2: I would like to hear the solutions from either side. No, full
1: stop. The guy running the show is w- the w- government. Hey, i Michelle Rampel, a
2: conservative immigration critic, actually a couple months ago had a rather yeah. lengthy uh, news conference detailing a bunch of immigration policy and the approaches they wanted to take on stuff like this. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. You want to solve the illegal border crossers and the migrant crisis, you need to double, if not triple, the budget of the IRB and process them quickly so that those who are actually false claimants Or designate to the whole the border country.
1: as an official border point so that you can actually stop the people I mean, they have come up with with, with and solutions. And he's going
0: into an election, right? Mm-hmm. And if he doubles Who's the budget, he? Trudeau, your friend, yeah, uh, if he doubles or triples the budget going into an election, that's death. Doubling and tripling. I didn't say the entire budget. Because, because specifically
2: I people... the budget for the IRB. Now, okay, he doubles or triples for and a sixty he puts billion dollar deficit. We've already got nineteen. <laughs> You know,
0: and the, and the other thing, is I don't think the average Canadian cares. You really? No, I Really? Don't. What, what do I care?
1: Really, the it's, thousands it's like the thousands the of, people of people
2: that you were
1: are seeing a massive you, you your budget no. injection
2: into dealing Why with the immigration and refugee so board to process and clean up the system. I think Canadians would get that. They might not get the nuance of the machinations, but if they saw a massive investment designed to clean up the system and you spelled it out really clearly in plain language in English and French as to what you're looking to do, I think you'd see Canadians but across the political spectrum issues, get on board with it. I
1: mean, we, we, the The minister himself has said that the immigration system is buckling. We can't process new people. We can't help people. And we know that the shelters here in, let's say, Ontario, Toronto, are certainly being very much hurt. So I do take offense. We have a lot of local need here that's not getting, you know, help. Because no one will solve that problem. So, I do think a lot of people are really tired of thousands of people gaming the
2: system. So, so and the the refugee asylum system is you don't get to shop for which country you exactly. want to go to. If you can afford to get on a plane from Nigeria, where a lot of these migrants are coming, right. and land in the U.S., you can claim asylum in the United States. I mean, how many today? people and have actually can come
1: into the country? Uh, Thirty-five, forty thousand. Oh
0: wow! Out of thirty-four million people, Are that's you, just to tell you that that's, that's not immigration,
1: stand- Andy. That's not immigration. That's border hopping through a hole in the fence. Yes, I realize. Yeah, that. we
2: otherwise, welcome over two hundred fifty thousand. I think we're, we're actually pushing uh, three hundred thousand people a year to Canada. That's not as immigration. But we're talking an about the illegal ones, temporary. right? Yes, that's what you get when you knickers no, but,
0: in and not about. it. There's 35,000 people a year that, that have crossed the border. will say not going through the proper channels. Right. Yeah. So, 33, 34, Okay. Well, you're right. No, you're out, right. Out of 35 million. You're people, right. No,
1: I'm so stupid. We should just open up those gates and fences. I didn't we, say that. Why would we? Let's get rid of the borders. You are awesome. Thank that you. That is that is Thank the you. best answer. That's, yes.
0: Yes. Awesome. I'm, oh
1: boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's talk about uh, Charlie Angus, shall we? Uh, longtime MP with the NDP, in hot water because he called over the weekend Premier Ford white trash um he was making these comments uh in regards to the premier's recent scandals involving a potential purchase of what they're calling a camper even though it was a van extended van i'll let you uh, start on this one <laughs> andy is it ever okay for a politician to call another white trash let me guess yes Jamie, next? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez,
0: you you've proved two things tonight. A, mm. hey, you've got some good knowledge that I am awesome. At mm. last, you've identified it. I'm glad
1: you caught you, onto to my sarcasm. Yes, and, and you can't
0: do an impersonation of me or Trudeau. But moving <laughs> along, under firmer ground, uh, what do I think? I, I think that uh, it just shocks me. I mean, maybe I was brought up in a very strict English household where you were supposed to have manners and respect. White trash, you cross so many lines in so many ways. And that's bad enough, but you're doing it over an SUV. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, if you must go down to that, that disgusting level, at least do it about something important, about a, an SUV that he's going to go around in. And but it's
1: alienated an awful lot of people needlessly. I mean, I actually think Charlie Angus should have been the pick for the NDP federally for leader. He probably would have done a much better job than who they went with, but I, I don't know if... He scored a lot of points
2: with that. I don't think he did. And I think if he uh, was able to play a mulligan, he would do just that and probably come uh, <laughs> Well, why didn't he do that? He kind terms. of
1: doubled down on it, though.
2: Uh, that's the way age in which we live in. Everyone doubles down on everything now and just takes their lumps and refuses to concede with any sort of humility. Ho, ho, ho. Green <laughs> jolly here on this pre Christmas Monday night. Oh,
0: okay, what, what do you want to talk about? Like elves or something?
1: Thank God, no, no, no. I don't want to hear what your fetishes are. We don't need it. But quickly, let's uh, talk quickly because the uh, Quebec premier was uh, obviously quick to reject dirty oil from Western Canada in favor of hydropower. But new data indicates that, in fact, Quebec is buying, buying record amounts of gasoline and uh, increasingly purchasing big trucks. And bigger homes. Jamie, imagine that.
2: Oh, there is so much hypocrisy <laughs> laden all over this. They also refuse to develop their natural gas potential uh, and explore the relatively uh, well-founded uh, fracking natural gas reserves. Uh, the Quebec political class is totally hi- hypocritical on this one. They import oil from Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and other terrible places like that. Those same tankers that bring oil to the shores into mm-hmm. the St. Lawrence, uh, mm-hmm. ultimately for refining here in eastern Canada and distributed throughout. Uh, some of that's less than. We reverse line 9, which goes from Sarn up essentially here to the GTA and all the way through to Montreal to bring more Western oil further east. Uh, But the Quebec political class continues to try and have their cake and eat it too on this one. And quite frankly, they're getting away with it. Of course they are. And they get billions of dollars in equalization payments.
0: Yeah. So, hey, if I was sitting in that position, I'd be going, bring it on.
1: And if I were sitting in Alberta's position, I'd be saying, cut you off.
0: Yeah, but how can they do it? I mean, I think they deserve I'm sure it. They this is actually one
2: fine, of but... the things Prime Minister Harper never got enough credit for was yeah. his actual balance of interest throughout yeah. the Federation and not having these kind of spikes in regional animosity to the extent that we're seeing under Trudeau who's supposed to be Mr. Pan-Canadian. Well, you know, no, no, I don't true. think that's, that's,
0: that's blamed on Trudeau. No. I think you're seeing more partisanship in the last 8 to 10 years generally really? across the, the You never the saw world. A division
1: under the last three governments. No, You've seen now. I think
0: we're seeing more division than we ever have before.
1: Right, because we have a divisive leader. On that note, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.